I used to do this a lot. I think it's only really been in the past year and a half even that I've been better at doing this at work. Um, and it's then seeped over into like everything else as well. Just having that confidence, I guess, to, to say the hard thing. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. And my name is Femke. And in this episode, we're going to talk about having difficult conversations, which is not entirely design specific, but both Charlie and I have been in positions at work or maybe in freelancing situations where we've had to have a difficult conversation. And it's really important. Often those conversations can be quite hard to navigate. They might be in relation to your job or your situation at your work. So we thought we'd talk about it today. I was actually recently at a conference called Ladders uh, here in Toronto. And during the conference, there was a panel discussion about this topic, having difficult conversations. And I feel like it's something that we don't often talk that much about because it can be really awkward when you're in these situations. And it was really nice and refreshing to listen in on this panel. There was like four people, I think, Uh, that were pretty senior you know some of them were founders some of them were you know senior designers so they all had had a bit of experience in this domain Uh, and I thought yeah Charlie maybe you and I could share a little bit in this episode about maybe our experiences having these kind of conversations and also any advice we might have. Yeah for sure and I'm keen to hear in this episode as well if you wanted to relay back some of the advice the panel gave too because I'll just start off with a spoiler alert, and that is saying that I don't think I'm very good at difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how about you? How do, how do you find them? Yeah, always tough. It's something that I am like aware of. Like often I have some kind of heads up that a difficult conversation is coming, um, whether it's like, oh, I'm about to get feedback from this person and I know that you know, maybe we had a bit of a rough patch, so that's probably going to come up, or perhaps it's in a job interview situation or a performance review where, you know, maybe I feel like I'm ready for the next level, but maybe my manager doesn't. So, you know, it's kind of like, I know that it's probably coming. So I try to prepare for it, which isn't easy either. Even if you have the heads up, it doesn't necessarily make it an easier conversation. Um, I, I can see how that definitely helped though. What do you do to prepare? Yeah, it, it, it can be really hard because, you know, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen or what is going to come up on the receiving end. Uh, I actually was reading a book recently by Brene Brown. I think it's called uh, Daring Greatly or something like that. I'll link it in the show notes, but In the book, she talked about where she had a situation where she had to have a really important and difficult conversation with a colleague. And she had actually prepared for the conversation by writing down notes. And she brought these notes into the conversation and was sort of like referring to her notebook as they were talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the, the colleague, the recipient was like, are you referring to notes for this conversation? Like, you know, it was, it was a hard conversation and she was like looking at her notebook and her response was, yes, I am, because I know that this is a really important and difficult conversation and I wanted to be prepared as best as I could for it, you know, in order to like honor you and give you the, the best that I can kind of thing. And 
the response from the colleague was like, wow, I really appreciate that. Um, And reading that kind of brought me back to, I remembered when I was interviewing a couple of years ago for a new job, I often would prepare for the interviews by having a notebook and writing down some questions that I had for the companies. And I actually remember in my Uber interview, I got to a point where I forgot what those questions were. And I sort of embarrassingly asked like, oh, you know, I wrote down some questions that I'd really like to ask you. Uh, Do you mind if I just refer to my notebook? And my future manager at the time was like, sure, sure, go ahead. So I pulled out my little notebook and I referred to the questions. And in the moment I felt kind of silly, you know, I felt kind of dumb. But actually, I'm really glad that I did that because I got to ask the questions I wanted to ask. And then maybe a sort of side effect of that is it also kind of showed how prepared I was. Yeah, that makes sense. So is that um, a tip you've taken into some difficult conversations you've had at work, writing down some things you want to say or make points you want to cover in a notebook beforehand? Totally. And I don't necessarily always like bring that with me and sit in front of the person like here are my notes you know it's it's more like in my back pocket so that I can refer to it if I need to or at least it helps me I suppose mentally process and prepare for the conversation I'm gonna have yeah yeah that makes sense I feel like I've done preparations in that way for something that we do at ConvertKit called unsolicited feedback Long-time listeners to the show will probably have heard me talk about this before, but I will recap it quickly because we do have new listeners <laughs> joining all the time. So unsolicited feedback is a session that we do at our team retreats. We do it within our teams. So individual teams like marketing, engineering, customer success, etc. What happens during the session is when it's your turn, there will be eight minutes where you are completely silent. You're not allowed to say anything and your teammates are talking about you, not to you, but about you. So everyone, everyone gets the turn to like be in the hot seat for this. And um, yeah, people give advice, people share constructive criticism, they share compliments sometimes too. Actually, a lot of the time it turns out to be compliments, things you think the person needs to hear. That's nice. But yeah, the constructive criticism side of things, I always make sure I prepare. Usually I'm doing this on the plane on the way to the team retreat. I'm thinking, okay, what do I feel like I need to say to each person? What feedback do I need to give them? What could really help our working relationship improve? Um, I don't know, what's something that has been frustrating me that I haven't said anything yet? Uh, How can I say this? And I like to write it out first because I always worry that my words are gonna come across wrong or that it's not gonna be expressed properly. I'm gonna say one thing, like one word slightly wrong and then I don't know, it can kind of change the meaning of the thing or the sentiment of it, you know? So I do like to prepare beforehand um, with that sort of thing, especially. And I do that by writing it down in notes on my computer. And during those sessions, everyone usually has their computer out for taking notes during their own session. And also we're all encouraged to like write notes beforehand and really think about it. So it's not just spur of the moment deciding what you want to say to someone. So I've had no issues with, you know, being able to read those notes off during the session as well, which is good. How do you sort of control your emotions in that session like I can imagine it would be oh oh, fam yeah yeah it must be really hard like how do you I don't know sort of like restrain any reactions or any like you know gut reaction to defend yourself if you know maybe something's saying something about you that you don't agree with or like how do you do that okay so the defending yourself part that part I don't actually find a struggle because of the way that the scenario is pitched where it's kind of like, okay, we're pretending you're not in the room and we're talking about you and you're going to have time afterwards to like 
for rebuttal, I suppose, or just to make any comments on anything anyone said. Yeah. So as soon as someone said something that I'm like, hang on a second, that I don't feel like that's right. Like, you know, I want to clarify something there. I write a note about it to bring it up um, in that bit afterwards. But as for controlling my emotions, that I just the answer is I don't <laughs> at all. I'm, this is why I think I'm not very good at difficult conversations. Basically, any time I'm like, I'm anxious, I'm stressed about saying something or it just matters a lot to me. I get emotional and I like, it's so frustrating. I wish this is something that I could train myself out of. And if anyone has any advice for how to do that, I would love to hear it. But basically my voice gets all shaky and like, I, I just feel like I sound like I'm about to burst into tears. And sometimes I do cry and like want to cry, you know, it kind of feels like my emotions are giving me away or like working against me sometimes, which is really, really frustrating. Even when I prepare in advance for know, particularly tough, difficult conversations I need to have with my manager, for example, if I'm like, okay, I know there's this thing I need to bring up. I know that I'm probably going to get emotional about it because it's an important thing. And I don't know, that's just what I do when I'm nervous or anxious or whatever as I cry. <laughs> but even practicing beforehand hasn't helped me. So I mean, I know that's not very useful to hear for people, but yeah, it's just a fact. That's just what happens for me. It's really frustrating. I wish it didn't. How about you? I feel like you are much more a cool, calm, collected person. Uh, no? Okay. I don't know. I, I've read a lot of advice that basically advises you to listen. And that's definitely an important thing to do. I, I agree with that. It's a good quality to have to be able to listen. But I've also found myself in situations where when I'm having a difficult conversation and I'm just listening, I don't really get a chance to express how I feel because I basically then do all the listening, you know, don't really get a chance to then have a conversation about it. Um, and often, unsurprisingly, when these difficult conversations take place, as soon as the conversation's over, it's never brought up again because it was so difficult or so awkward. So I actually often find that I, you know, can get through the conversation okay, but then later on I process it and that's when I struggle because I've had the time to process it. I've had the time to think about, you know, my reaction or how I want to respond. And I don't often get that opportunity to because the moment's over. And that for me is hard because then I'm not happy with how I left things, you know, but I haven't quite figured out how to. It's not like I want to bring it up again, but for me, it often doesn't then feel resolved. And I don't know how to bring that resolution around. I think in those situations, you need to bring it up again. Um, even though it's uncomfortable, I, I've had that before too, because I'm a processor. I need to, I need to really take my time to think about how, like how I really feel about something and decide, you know, rather, I'm not very good at the gut reaction and knowing exactly what to do in the moment is what I'm saying. And there's been lots of times where I've had a conversation with someone for me, cause I work remotely. It's usually via a zoom call. And then afterwards I'm like, oh, I wish I'd said that better. <laughs> or like, I wish I'd brought that up. And so what I'll often do is I'll reach out and just like send them a Slack message and be like, hey, I just want to clarify or like, hey, I just wanted to add, I've been thinking, you know, and, and drop that in there. Um, and if we need to get on another call, we can. Usually for me, these sorts of conversations happen with someone who is my superior rather than a peer or I mean, I don't manage anyone. So I feel like it's usually on them to be like, okay, we need to talk about this some more then, or, you know, offer to talk about it some more, because I think that's what good leadership should do anyway. And so, yeah, that's what I've had happen. But I don't think you should be afraid of 
following up afterwards. Yeah, I I just need to figure out how to do that, I suppose. Um, I had this one really difficult conversation with a colleague maybe about six months ago. And throughout the whole conversation, I I think I did pretty well. I held it together pretty well. And then the conversation was ending and, you know, my colleague was like, okay, that's, that's all I have to say. Thank you for listening. Glad that we had this talk. And I was like, yeah, I'm really glad we did as well. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being open and honest. And then I just started crying. Like, I think I'd just like been holding it in the whole conversation and it had been building up that like the release and I guess maybe a little bit of the relief (laughs) that the conversation was done. Yeah. um, I just couldn't hold it in anymore. And I felt so embarrassed. And I was also so disappointed in myself because I was like, you almost made it. You know, you almost made it. Like the conversation was over. So close. I was so close to like, you know, keeping my head held high and walking away with pride. But, you know, just at the end, I I just had to let it out. And I haven't figured out how to deal with that yet. I I think that's also my weakness is like, I'm, I'm pretty good in the moment, but at the end, once it's kind of that like release and relief moment, I just, I, I, I don't know how to how to I guess emotionally respond professionally. Yeah, I wonder if that's a sign that you need to be maybe like letting more out during the conversation rather than bottling it all up, you know? And I'm not recommending that you do what I do, which is just cry through the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> because that can also be just as awkward. Yeah. But yeah, maybe th- maybe there's something about like making sure that you're expressing what you need to as you go on the topic of crying at work. I think that this this job situation I'm in at ConvertKit I know is extremely rare, you know, with the connection that I have with my teammates, with the fact that I, you know, am, am comfortable to, to cry in front of my teammates now. I hate it still, but like, I'm not as mortified. Right. Like I'm not mortified or, or embarrassed really, like I would have been at previous jobs. I wish that more workplaces like fostered that where it's okay to be in touch with your emotions and it's okay to express things in that way. And I think that it's something that has to come from the top, really. And if you, you're not working in a company where leadership like leads by example and lets you know that that's okay. Like I remember my first team retreat, um, sitting down the whole company, it's been like 20 something people at that stage. And Nathan told us, story like a piece of his background and during so he burst into tears while while sharing this with us and that was a really powerful moment for me not only because of the story he was telling but just seeing like okay this is the leader of our company Mm -hmm. and he is just openly like crying having this moment in front of all of us um and that's when i knew this was a place that i was going to belong yeah (laughs) but yeah i don't know it just sucks that this is something we have to worry about, I think is what I'm getting to. Cause I think back to past jobs that I've had where like, like I said, I cry sometimes out of frustration during difficult conversations that I feel like I'm not being um, understood or that I'm not expressing myself properly. Or maybe it's just that I've been thinking about this thing for so long. It's kind of like what you said that when I finally get to talk to someone about it and I'm finally saying it, the emotions just come out at the same time as the words do. Um, and it sucks that I, you know, felt absolutely mortified to to have that happen at past jobs. Cause yeah, I did too. I, I was so embarrassed. I felt, I felt like it was unprofessional, which I think is silly. I don't think it should be seen as unprofessional. 
That's my monologue. <laughs> Great monologue. Have you ever, I guess, avoided having a difficult conversation? Oh, yes. Like maybe you know that there's something that needs to be discussed, but you just, yep. yeah. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. I think that this is never healthy and it pretty much never goes well um, to avoid having a difficult conversation. I used to do this a lot. I think it's only really been in the past year and a half even that I've been better at doing this at work. Um, and it's then seeped over into like everything else as well. Um, just having that confidence, I guess, to, to say the hard thing. Mm-hmm. But previously I would just avoid it and avoid it and avoid it as long as possible, even if it meant me suffering a little bit because I didn't want to go through the awkwardness of having this conversation. Um, I like, honestly, I would, that's probably why I would, you know, cry from frustration because I'd let, left it go for so long because I didn't want the awkwardness of having the difficult conversation. Yeah. So yeah, this is, again, we don't always have all the answers on this podcast. Sometimes <laughs> I'm just admitting the things that I'm shit at <laughs> and having a difficult conversation is one. I think it can make the situation get a lot worse if you, if the more longer you avoid having that difficult conversation, especially if it's about, I don't know, a frustration you have with, with management, with, with a peer, things can fester and you'll just be like angry inside yourself about it. Um, and no one else will know anything's wrong unless you say something and you're not giving anyone a chance to fix it by keeping it inside. Yeah, I, I think I do two, one of two things. Uh, either I wait for the other person to bring it up, <laughs> you know, like if it's, if it's something between a colleague or a peer or something that maybe we need to flesh out, I'll like wait and see if, if they bring it up with me first. Um, and the other thing I do is if I do bring it up, I downplay it. And that is not Ooh, something that yes. I recommend doing. Uh, as you said, we don't have all the answers. Um, but yes, I, I don't know, you know, I think this is also net like, a thing that women tend to do as well is, yep. you know, we're not very good at fighting for ourselves or asking for things or being assertive, you know, doing those things can sometimes come across as being aggressive or whatever. So I will instead then just downplay it like, oh, you know, like no big deal, but you know, I, I would really like If you like could just this. maybe please, yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty please. If you could do this, like I would really appreciate it when inside I'm really like, you know, like this is really important to me and I'm asking you very sternly to do this. Um, so yeah, that's something that I do as well, which I'm not saying is, is a good way or a good thing to do, but yeah, something that I need to improve on. I think the longer you leave something um, without bringing it up, the harder it is to empathize with the other person, I think. I've noticed in the past you know, couple of years when I've been getting better at this, I find it so much easier to put myself in the other person's shoes and be like, okay, I can see where they're coming from. I know they've done this because of this situation. You know, even though it's still frustrating, I can at least understand we've talked about it, you know, we'll we'll figure out a solution. Whereas previously when I'd keep it in for so long, I would just start to honestly hate the person that I was having an issue with. Yeah. And, and you completely dehumanize them in your mind because all you can think about them is this annoying thing that they do or like, right. I don't know, this frustration that you have with the way they're working, the way they've, I don't know, said something to you, a project that was handed in late, something, I don't know, whatever's, whatever the issue is, you can really focus on that. And yeah, the longer you go without talking to them about it, 
the bigger the issue becomes and the harder it becomes to, well, for me anyway, to like move on and forgive them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely had those moments too where it, it's not very fair really, is it? Because maybe that person doesn't even know. It's definitely know. not fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that person doesn't even know or realize that maybe they're doing this thing or, or they're responding in a way that makes you feel this or whatever. Um, so you're right, it's not fair, but it is definitely hard to bring that up. I first just try and see like if I'll just forget about it or get used to it or maybe it'll stop bothering me, uh, which often isn't the case. Sometimes I find talking to other peers can also help, like just to get a bit of perspective Often before I decide to like have a difficult conversation, uh, I usually do a gut check with someone close to me. Like usually my boyfriend Owen at least, you know, like here's the situation, I'm thinking about doing this, like what do you think? Or, you know, if it's a professional situation, maybe I'll go to my manager first and ask them for advice. Um, you know, how should I deal with the situation? Should I go and talk to this person? I think that can help as well, just getting you know, an alternative perspective maybe, or just a bit of a gut check with someone else. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's great advice. And that can kind of help you practice what to talk about as well. Mm, true. So that when you come to saying it, you, you know, it's not the first time you're saying these words out loud. Yeah. And so maybe it'll affect you emotionally less anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was some of the advice that the panel gave at this conference <laughs> that you went to? Yeah. What are, what are they talking I about? I mean... <laughs> maybe unsurprisingly or surprisingly is they didn't have much advice because they struggle with it too which I think kind of goes to show basically we all suck at this yeah cool it's basically (laughs) it, it is really hard and I don't think there is like one way you know to kind of make this better or make this easier um so everyone on the panel definitely shared their experiences and their struggles and um you know it was also interesting to hear like the different perspectives in Uh, like level of leadership you know to hear from people who are high up who struggle with it a lot probably more they're probably having these conversations more often than you know I am and so it was interesting to hear that even they still struggle with it uh, even though they're doing it often and then also the people sort of more on my level who you know they struggle with you know going to management asking for something things like that Um, I'm trying to think there I don't remember any specific pieces of advice that anybody had Um, but I think at the end of the day everyone was sort of on board with like you know you have to be honest and you have to just yeah do it (laughs) You you have to just get through it because not being honest and not having the conversation and getting through it is only going to make things worse yeah definitely um that's what's come out with it festering and just building up and compounding on itself exactly so yeah that's good to hear I think that something that's really helped me with this with approaching it anyway is reading the book Radical Candor oh I've heard of this by Kim Scott yeah we read it as a book club at work which was great because it kind of means that everyone on our team has or is also like aware of this framework and using it but Radical Candor is all about having those open honest conversations mm-hmm. at work about being able to be your full self at work and something that sticks out to me when I think about it is that a huge part of radical candor is is personal care like caring really deeply for someone and knowing that when you're frustrated with them it's because you care about 
the work that you're doing and you know that they could be doing better too, right? If it's an issue, if it's something that they're doing wrong, you need to give them some feedback. Right. You're actually harming them by not giving them that feedback. You're stopping them from growing because there's this issue that you're not, you know, giving them the feedback on that they need to hear. And so that has helped me a lot in feeling more confident to raise any issues or have any difficult conversations is to know that it's coming from a place of personal care and that I've got a good relationship with my teammates so that when I talk to them about something, it's not like this is the first time they're ever hearing from me and like everything that that I say to them is always negative, that sort of thing. Yeah, so putting time into those relationships definitely helps uh, when it comes to the difficult conversations too, if if you've put in that work beforehand. I definitely recommend reading that book and maybe even suggesting it as a book that everyone on your team reads maybe if you know if you can't do your whole company because you're a company like uber <laughs> you could at least be like to your immediate team hey have a i heard this is great let's read it i think it could really help our working relationship like i wish that i had read this earlier in my career and i wish that it was almost required reading for anyone working within a company i've also i also want to recommend a book that i read uh recently Uh, And I I think I've mentioned it on the podcast. I'm not sure, but it's called No Hard Feelings, The Secret Power of Embracing Emotions at Work. Uh, And it's written by two women. And it's it's kind of it's almost like a picture book. Not really, but there's like lots of cute little pictures and diagrams in it. But I really, really recommend it. Uh, It gets into sort of like, you know, why we should embrace our emotions, the power of doing that, how we can use that to our advantage and I I mentioned it at work that I was reading this and it's funny because like a few days later I saw a colleague of mine had the book on her desk and I was like no I was like wait you're reading this too and she was like yeah after you mentioned it I went out and bought it and I'm really enjoying it and that was really like nice for me to see as well that like I'm not the only one on my team that either struggles with this or cares about this you know she went out and bought the book too so that was really really nice that's awesome I love that that happened because that yeah, sometimes that's what it takes, right? Is one person like you to be brave yeah. and say, hey, this is the thing that I need to work on. Yeah. And so I'm reading this book, you know, um, it can inspire other people too as well. I wish that, like, I wish that I'd had some more bravery in past roles that I've been in. I think that I could have helped the whole whole team dyma- dynamics really by being more honest myself and being more upfront about raising difficult things. Because there's still some things that I wonder about from past roles, like stuff that I never brought up. Like the fact that when I was at zero, I was never made a senior designer, mm-hmm. even though people who are at my, like my peers were, and I never talked about that with anyone. So I still don't know to this day, like why, why not me? Why was I passed up for that opportunity? Um, did I do something wrong? Was it purely a, like a, the wrong circumstances? I don't know. But basically my advice is to learn from my mistake and like bring the thing up so that you don't wonder about it forever. <laughs> yeah, that that can be really, really hard. Do you think you would consider now, like these years later, like getting in contact with your manager to have that conversation just as friends or not really? I don't think so. Um, like it, it's not holding me back, if that makes right, sense. Yeah. This, this wondering. It's, like, it's more like a, hmm, I wonder if. Curious. Yeah, there's just other things for me to put my time and and mental energy and and same for my manager you know yeah yeah fair but yeah that's a great point if I was still working at the company then or like had some sort of vested relationship then yes for sure if I was for example to go and if I took a different job working with this manager again 
then I would bring it up because then we'd be like, you know, restarting that professional um, relationship and I'd want to make sure that there was nothing, no like prior resentments or anything I was holding in. Oh, totally. Yeah. Have you got anything like that? Any, any time where you didn't have a difficult conversation and you still think about it? Uh, yes, I got some feedback in a performance review from one of my teammates about me that, to be honest, kind of surprised me. Uh, and it also surprised my manager when my manager was giving me the feedback. Um, they even remarked on it. Uh, they were like, oh, this piece of feedback from this teammate was interesting. I, I haven't seen this behavior in you. I wouldn't have written or expected that from you. So I'm not sure where it came from. Maybe you want to bring it up with them, um, to dig deeper and see where that's coming from. Uh, and I never did. Uh, it was something on my mind. I was like, oh, I really need to to bring that up with this person. Maybe I should set up a meeting with them to talk to them about it or have a coffee or, you know, I wanted, it was it was just on my mind, you know. I was like, where did this piece of feedback come from? Um, and yeah, I, I never did. I still haven't. Uh, and it's been, I guess, eight months now. So probably too long has gone by to bring it up. But yeah, I think I was maybe just avoiding the conversation I was just afraid to hear where it came from yeah because it's difficult right yeah yeah I think that what do you think are the best setting to have a difficult conversation because you just mentioned um going for coffee with someone then yeah like what what is your preferred scenario to have a a tough conversation like definitely in private I think um whether that's in person in a meeting room or on a call the conversation that I was mentioning earlier where I cried at the end was actually in a public setting in a cafe um and that was really embarrassing (laughs) so yeah I think I guess just keep that in mind I think based on my my remark before about grabbing a coffee I now that I'm thinking about that I think I'm using that to downplay you know, like, oh, let's yes. just grab a coffee yep. and have... It's just a coffee, yeah, no big let's deal. Just have a, have a catch up, have a chat when really I want to have this serious conversation with you. Oh, hey, hey, random question. Um, You know, eight months ago. Right. Um, so I'm recognizing that now that when I said that, I yep. think that was me trying to downplay it, which is probably not the way to go. And I should also give her the respect of doing it in private so that, you know, this colleague feels comfortable to have that conversation with me. I I agree, but on some level, I also like personally feel that either like a specially arranged call or a meeting room that you're in together or something, it makes it feel scarier for me. Like it makes it feel like maybe a bigger deal than it needs to be and like adds to the pressure and will just increase the chance of me being anxious about it. I think I've had some great conversations with some of my workmates, um, because the situation when we're together is usually we're at team retreats. So we're like, I don't know, going to a destination or something like that. And some of the best conversations that I've had where we've been able to be honest and things has been either walking beside each other, like going somewhere or driving together somewhere. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I think that's because you're not like sitting there staring at each other <laughs> with laptops open or something. I don't know. And it's like feeling like this high pressure work situation. It's kind of like, you know, metaphorically we're both going to the same place together like we you don't have to look at each other um yeah I don't know yeah I just really like it I really like walks for talking about hard things um one conversation that comes to my mind 
one that I'm really, really proud of myself for plucking up the courage. I'll just tell a quick story. So we got a new director of marketing, right? I had like got on so well with my previous director of marketing, who was my direct manager, Mm -hmm. that I was really concerned about having this new person come in. You know, I was like, oh my God, I did all that work to build this great relationship with my previous manager. And now I've got to start from scratch with this new one. If I feel like everyone else on my team has like made a connection faster than I have. And I was kind of like jealous and, and getting worried that I, I don't know, wasn't it, wasn't at the same level that they were. Um, there were some concerns I had about my manager not having any design background as well. And so my team were really great when I was talking to them about this. They were like, you need to you need to have a conversation about this. You need to just grab him and like talk about it before the team retreat is over. Cause this is like what we're here for. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And like, I think it was a couple of days before I was like, oh, hey, you wanna just, can we just go on a walk and talk? You know? Uh, and like I said, because of the kind of company we are, this wasn't like blindsiding him or anything like that. We're kind of encouraged on team retreats to have the conversation that you need to have to pull someone aside if you need to talk to them, that sort of thing. So we just went for this big like walk around the block. This is in McCall, Idaho in the mountains. Um, talking through my, my concerns that I had um, and it was a great conversation and I was so proud of myself for having brought it up and also I think that I didn't cry during that one so <laughs> Yay, that points. was also personal growth for me yeah but yeah I was really glad that I had that conversation and I think it went so well because we were doing it just going for a walk together we weren't going anywhere we just like like I said walked around the block but if we'd just been sitting down somewhere where other people could walk in like you said about being private versus public um or yeah if we'd just been sitting in a meeting room situation I don't think that I would feel as good about it as I do yeah no I it totally makes sense the walk and talk thing yeah I I haven't had difficult conversations walking and talking but I have had like uh one-on-one conversations with colleagues that way and it's always really nice I don't know it's just like a more relaxing atmosphere yeah maybe they don't feel like difficult conversations because it was more relaxing. <laughs> right. No, I'm definitely going to try that next time. All right. I'm glad that you brought this up. I think this is a really good topic to talk about because this is something that we're all experiencing at work. At some stage or another in your career, you're going to have to have a tough conversation, whether it's with a client that you need to, I don't know. Get paid. <laughs> you need to fire. You need to admit a mistake or something. Yeah. You need to ask them to get paid. Whether it's your job needing a promotion, a performance review, or talking to a colleague about you know, a way that you're working together that's not quite gelling. This is going to happen. You know, we're all humans. We've got different different working styles and that's bound to cause conflict. So we've got to learn to have these difficult conversations. Well, thank you, Charlie, for sharing some of your stories and being vulnerable on the show. And, you know, we like you said, we don't always have the answers, but we do have experiences and hopefully yep. <laughs> uh, that can be helpful to you listening. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to listen to more episodes like this, you can go to designlife.fm and find any episode there. Yeah, we've got lots of different topics that we've covered. And one thing that I want to bring up that's particularly relevant, I think, to us you know, in this episode, talking about the fact that we don't have all the answers. We have these cute little pins that are in our store that say work in progress. And we decided on this like phrase for our pins because we are works in progress. I think we all are. We're all got things we can work on to get better and be better in what we do as, as creatives, as designers. So yeah, that's, that's our little pin. It's our new little like badge of honor i guess of, of being a design life listener yeah wear it with pride yeah wear it with pride it's you can get one at designlife.fm store there should be a few left by the time this episode goes out 
Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Chat to you next week. Bye, fam. <laughs> <laughs>